in a world few have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to The Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the festive Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> yes. Cinco de Mayo. Glenn. Cinco de Mayo. That also means uh, the 5th of May. The 5th of May? Fifth of Mayo, yeah, the fifth of. I thought it was about uh, mayonnaise first when I, but then <laughs> it turned out it was really five, five mayos, five, five mayonnaise, five somethings, five uh, mayonnaise festival. No, it's the uh, the time honored Latin American uh, holiday that is uh, you know well known to everybody and is honored throughout the United States. I, I'm positive that mayonnaise ranks in like the top three foods of the whitest foods ever. Mm-hmm. So yes. I don't know. I hate I hate mayonnaise. Well, I can't stand it. You got that going for you. Yeah, exactly. I, I enjoy it, but I don't need it. You know what I mean? Speaking of things that I enjoy but I don't need, mm. uh, I, along with you, am a co-founder of a site called Gentleman.com, <laughs> and uh, Gentleman.com is a great place. <clears throat> um, it is a wonderful, magical world. It's like Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Yes. Um, Augustus Gloop's walking by. Uh, Charlie's sipping the Augustus pixie dust. For later. Uh, we got the you know we got the golden goose. Oompa Loompas. Mm-hmm. All kinds of stuff over there at gentleman dot com. Um, <laughs> if you want to see <laughs> paradise. <laughs> Just go to Gentleman. <laughs> Look at some Moose's page on Gentleman. <laughs> um, so nobody's listening anymore. No, Brian. no, that's it. That that's the end of this show. Um, mm. So, uh, but once you're you're finished up and you get kicked out of the chocolate factory for having too much fizzy fizzy lifting drink, yeah, yeah. Uh, then you can head over. You can go around back of the factory mm-hmm. in the dark alley behind there where they're. Tossing all the expendables after they've done all their experiments. Yeah, and what's his name hanging out back there? What's his name? Yeah, uh, Slugworth. Slug, slug, Slugworth. Slughorn. Slug, Slugworth. 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 Yes. Will meet you in the alley behind there and and offer you some tasty treats over at podcast.gentleman.com. <laughs> Sounds pretty. <laughs> yeah. Dark. Yeah, it is pretty dark. Glenn. Podcast.gentleman.com. You can you can go over there and you can not only talk to Slugworth, but mm. you can download other episodes from the Gentleman Podcast. You can see, follow along with the show. You can check out the links from the podcast. You can see a couple other interesting things and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys want to get in touch with the Gentleman Podcast, uh, there's a whole story about this, Glenn, that we're going to get into later. But heretofore we've always suggested using the u.s postal service oh yeah and uh we've we've had we've 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 come to a bit of a crossroads with the u.s postal service uh there's there there's a we've there's been a line drawn in the sand it's basically like gentlemen versus the federal government it's really just brian yeah <laughs> yeah but uh we're gonna get more into that later uh but uh, you know look teaser. let's let bygones be bygones mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i'm not gonna t- i'm not gonna dissuade anybody from using the u.s postal service mm-hmm. until later in the show okay so right now um would be a good time if you want to send a letter to the gentleman mailbag you can do so by uh s- sending a letter to gentleman mailbag p.o box four four two three zero five lawrence kansas six six zero four four. we will get your letter we will take a look at it we will read it we will contemplate it we'll Pace the room, pontificate, pontificating, talking, ruminating, hashing. You know, we'll have the whiteboard out and we'll Marinate. be circling things and drawing lines in between. Like, how are we going to talk about? You know, anyway. But the point is, we're going to talk about it, <laughs> and we will put it up on the hall slash wall of fame, as we both know as the wall of fame, wall of fame, um, and many other things can happen if you send us a letter. But if you if you want to avoid the U.S. Postal Service, because frankly, I think it's kind of overpriced. You know, you have to. It, it costs forty nine cents. Man, to send a we're singing a different tune this week, Brian. Um, you can do. You know, what you can do for free instead of paying for a stamp. Whoa. You could uh, just Brian. fire up your internet connection and send an email over to uh, us at howdy at gentleman dot com. So a little bit of reversal of court. I'm hoping this will all get figured out next week, and we will be back to we'll, we'll be back in the good graces. The, the, that the postal service will be back in my good graces. Uh, yes, yes, your good graces. Um, but anyway, Glenn, more on that later. Okay, so 
that's all the business we have to take care of, so now we can get started with the fun. Anyway, let's get on to the style of the drink of the week. Yeah, Brian, I uh, it's Cinco de Mayo as we record this. Yes. Um, you'll listen to this a few days later, but Cinco de Mayo, it's almost a crime, in my opinion, to not have a Corona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, oh, hang on. Not the Corona light, okay? Yeah. Don't ever, ever, if you're listening right now and you have a Corona light and you're about to drink it for the first, just drop the bottle. Yeah, the Let first it first shatter. Yeah, exactly. It is not Corona. It is Donkey Whiz is what it is. The equivalent. And they put it in bottles and they ship it to you. So don't ever do that. Get the Corona Extra. Yeah, the, the Extra is not Donkey Whiz. Oh, no. It's far from it. It's... What's the... Well, I'm just going to say the opposite of Donkey Whiz, but I don't even... This is a dark path. This is. Um, <laughs> Brian, you started to show off all... Uh, Pretty, pretty, pretty terse. Pretty, uh, yeah. the, the, the postal service thing is really... It's really weighing on me, but I'm going to get that off my chest okay. later on, so... Anyway, Corona Extra, the quintessential beer for Cinco de Mayo. Mm-hmm. Now, Brian, I will say, I prefer to uh, indulge in this drink with a lime witch. Mm. I fruit the beer. Yeah. I, I take exception on the Corona, because it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm kind of fifty-fifty on the lime. Okay, you are. Sometimes okay. I, sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. It's, it's. I don't know. It's all. It's kind of weird. It's a feel. Okay. I well, I, I figure since we are, we want this beer in its pure, unadulterated, yeah. un, un, right. unfettered form. We're gonna have to. Yeah. We can't lime it. This is a scientific. Right. This, thing. Is, this isn't just for fun. No. This is all business. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. So, so that's a good idea. Yeah. Corona extra. Um, were you able to find any information on the uh, hops? Yes, Glenn. Um, I know that you're concerned about this, so I took the liberty of taking care of this myself. <laughs> I hopped on the dark web, <laughs> and I, you know, I brought up my um, dark web search engine, mm. and I was able to sink deep into the, the abyss and come out with a handful of information about. Uh, in fact, the IBUs of Corona Extra. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was a harrowing journey. So where did, it, where did it land you? Uh, I don't want to say. Um, I kept really... Uh, I, cu- I couldn't, you okay. know... that. Look, okay. I, I, I took the one for the team, and I don't want to... Look, let's not get into that, where I found this information, Glenn. Okay? Okay. Let's just leave it at that. All right. I won't... I won't... Uh, I won't ask. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Glenn, uh, so how much, how much was the Corona Extra? The Corona Extra was $7.99, so right at where it needs to be. Okay. Though, for a, for a, for a Mexican beer... Well, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say Mexican beers typically run a little cheaper, mm-hmm. you'd think, but maybe, who knows, maybe I got gouged a little bit because of the holiday. They knew they could... Could be. Make a could few be, more bucks be a good by, time to increase the by price by a couple dollars. sticking it to old Glenn as he's uh, walking out of the liquor store with a... Well, we were talking about Dosa Keys a few weeks ago. Yes. That was actually founded by a German guy that migrated to Mexico. And he always had the dream of having a Mexican brewery. What German doesn't? What good upstanding German doesn't? I, I wouldn't mind having a dream of a Mexican brewery. That's a pretty good dream to have. Not bad. Yeah. They do okay. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know who founded this... Um, it, there, I was looking at their website, and look, I have to say about the beer is great. I like. I mean, I've had this beer before, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. um, I'd say their website sucks. Yeah, they don't need to. They don't have to have a. Yeah, exactly. They don't. They're one of these brands that they don't have to. It's not like a craft brewer where they have to use any means to differentiate themselves. This is. This is you know every they. The only thing it says about it is that they were introduced in the United States in 1981 and became the fastest growing imported beer in U.S. history. Wow. So, yeah. We'll, we'll have more on that later, I think. Won't we, Brian? Yeah, I believe we will. I believe we will. I like the fact that the bottles are painted. Yeah. It's, it's not It's not a label. Or, no, it's, is it a label? I think it's painted. Wait, no, that's a label. Is that some kind of label? I think it's painted. If it's not a label... I don't know. Maybe don't it's a know. painted label. I'll go know. with that. Uh, let's just say it's painted. I think it's painted because look the, at the lettering in the middle. The bottles are all painted. Well, whatever. All I know is that I've sat in Mexico on a beach and drank a Corona, and oh. it was one of my... I mean, I've sat in a Mexican beach. I've been to Tijuana. <laughs> well... <laughs> there are no beaches there that I saw. Yeah, but... tomato, tomato there. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Cheers, Brian. We'll, cheers. we'll see if we can recreate this magic yeah. here. Oh yeah, that's the stuff. Oh, 
you know, usually I don't like beers with a clear bottle, except for Miller High Life and Corona Extra. Coronas. Mm. Ah, yeah, that's good. And the colder you can have this beer, the better, in my opinion. Yeah, dude. Yes, sir. This is a good come out from yard work, crack open the fridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Corona. Bam. Yeah. All right. So, mowing the lawn, go in, take a break, right. grab yourself a 12 pack of Corona. This is, this is, this is on, you, you mentioned the High Life. We, we reviewed mm-hmm. High Life. Yep. This is on par with the High Life. I would agree. Yep. Um, I I would probably like this a little bit more than the High Life, but that may just be personal preference. There's something about it. I think maybe it's just the memories yeah. of, you know, good times or something with buddies. And, you know, some, there's something about Tijuana. going to. Going well, to yeah. Tijuana. Going to Tijuana. <laughs> no, there's something about, you know, summer day, yep. hanging out with your buddies, Mexican beers on on, on tap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. I don't know. I've got some good memories there somewhere. Lime in it. Lime. Oh, I love the lime and the Corona. Yeah, I, it's true. It feels a little... It, it's, missing a little it's missing something, and that's what it is for me. Mm-hmm. But Corona, all right. So it's uh, if you've never had it before, I don't know how... But uh, this is a very simple beer. Yeah. It's, it has one function, and that is to be a smooth beer. Smooth and refreshing. Refreshing. This is a beer to, a good beer to enjoy with your lady friends. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or so the commercials say. Well, or maybe somebody that's not really into hardcore beers. So that could be a lady friend. What are you trying to say, Brian? You're saying this isn't a manly beer? No, I'm saying... Uh, You're saying it's not an imperial style. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, people's... People's tastes, you know, they're all over the place. That's you true. Know, like, we don't like the super hoppy stuff. Some people love the super hoppy mm-hmm. stuff. So, it, well, How many IBUs was this? Like two? <laughs> this, ten. Ten, Ten okay. IBUs. Well, I think that's pushing it. That's like... that's like, that's like like uh, This is like a negative ten IBUs. Yeah, it's like when a basketball, you know, you get the, the roster for basketball players and they say they're seven two. Oh, right. And they're like six five. Yeah. This is, this is, yeah, this is ten IBUs. Look, I got that information from the dark web. I don't right. know the validity of the source. I don't know who it was. I don't know where she found the information. Um, I don't know. Where uh, do what percent alcohol is it? Uh, I want to say it's four four point six four point five five. No, the uh four. I'm not sure. Somewhere Uh, around five, four to five. I think I saw somewhere that it was it was four point six percent. Okay, we're just gonna go with that. I think that was right. Four point six percent alcohol, which is lowish, but you know whatever. Yeah. For what it is. It's about standard for a lager. Yeah, that's true. Um, Okay. I'm going to give this... All right. So, price is is right. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's just average there. What was the price again? $7.99. That's pretty good. That's Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. Um, Taste is good. Yep. Low, low, low low hops. But almost to a... I'm not going to say detriment, but it doesn't hurt it, I guess. No. All right. I'm going to say this is a solid 7.8. Okay, you're gonna go seven eight. Now remember, we do this based on the kind of beer it is. You know, like we don't uh, we're not holding this up against uh, it just shoots you, you, uh, right hat craft brewed. You're saying thing. You, we're not. We're, we're talking not about hitting. loggers here. You know, we're talking about that's true. You know, light bodied loggers. So anyway, point is, Glenn. All right, so you said seven point eight. I'm gonna go. I kind of prefer. When I think of Mexican beers, I think of Dosa Keys Amber. Okay. You know, that's kind of what I think of is like my thing. Mm-hmm. This seems a little bit light for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you said what, 7.8? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say 7.5. Okay. 7.5. Yep. That's fair. Okay. So uh, you, okay, so you said 7.8. Mm-hmm. I said 7.5. Let me type this in. Who the knows what's going to come out of the computer? Um, well, we don't know until that we put all the factors in. Okay, so we also said that it was 4.6% alcohol mm-hmm. by volume, not mm-hmm. by weight. Right. Um, so that's a little bit different. N- negative 10 hops. Uh, negative, no, 10 hops. Oh, right. Uh, and then the fact that this is imported from Mexico. Yes. And I don't know exactly what the exchange rate is right now, but I think... That, well, the it's MPS good. will... Favorable. Oh, it's favorable. Okay, so the MPS is exactly count. Um, yep, yep. Okay, so just a second here, and this thing will be printing out. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I, I, I'm i going to be surprised. I, I will be shocked. Yeah, I'm sure. As we, as we always are. Mm. As we always are. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, here it is. It's a it's a six or seven point six five. Wow. So right in the that's it. Okay. So okay. The machine does it again. Uh, the MTS calculator, as we all know, is calculator. It's a computer. Right. Um, as we all know, is the official scientific computer that we built to calculate the empirical MTS score, which is the mustache scale. This is the official seven point six five. Is the official MTS score for Corona? Infallible. It's an infallible formula. It really is. We spent. The, there's like Alan Turing, right? Yeah. And then there's Glenn and Brian. I'm. Not, I'm I don't want to say you know we're like next in line, right? But I think we, history, I think we are. I think history will will tell the tale. You know what I mean? I think all things will all things will come to light. I think when we're we're, we're long and gone from this world, Brian. Yeah. People will look back fondly and say, those guys... You know what the movie about us is going to be called? <laughs> no. What, the, what's the movie going to be called? The Irritation Game. <laughs> um, speaking of irritation, let's look at... Uh, real quick, we're going to go over to beersnod.com and see what the bras uh, put, the, put on the uh, Corona. Um, okay. Whoa! So, the, okay. This is snobbery, Brian. This is snobbery. At see, this is why we create. This is why we create the MTS. This kind of misinformation is just slanderous. Beer snob has really delved back in their old ways, as you can expect. Uh, the folks over at Beer Snob don't like other Corona very much. No, apparently um, they've never been to Mexico. No, I don't think so because they gave it a fifty-six and awful. That's the BA score, and the BS score. Uh, which I think stands for bros, uh, is at 47. Please. Awful. Please. See, this is why everyone needs to switch to the empirical scoring system because this is just complete nonsense. (sighs) Brian, look, here's the thing. Like I was saying, I've had a a corona. Oh, get this, all right? Mm -hmm. My wife and I, on our honeymoon, had coronas Mm -hmm. on a beach that was filmed... No, that was that was used to film Corona commercials mm. in Mexico. Okay, so was that you in the commercials? Well, like your hand. It was my going hand over holding to get, that. Oh, yeah. that's cool. We reached over in the you know the lawn. Yeah, and grabbed each other's hand. Wow. And then you see the sunset. Right. Uh, no. So what I'm saying is these guys have never been out in the world, mm-hmm. and they have never. They're judging in a book by. There's no context, right? That's right. I've been there. I've seen it. I dare My own eyes. I dare the bros to go to a beach in Mexico at sunset and drink this beer, an ice cold Corona oh, on a ice. beach in Mexico. It's gotta be ice cold. And tell me that that is an awful beer. Yeah, you can't. No, nope. and if you can, you. I don't. We just proved it's not. So, well, then they'd be lying. So, mm-hmm. at best. Okay, Glenn. Well, let's not harp on the liars very much. Um, <laughs> let's move on to some interesting posts from gentleman.com in the last week or so, Glenn. All right, Brian. Let's do it. Uh, okay. All right, first up. Zamoose has posted an interesting article from io9, io9.com, titled, A Glimpse Inside the Secretive World of Human Cannonballs. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're like me, you didn't know anything about human cannonballs. I was going to say, this is interesting because, you know, I don't know why, but sometimes throughout my life, I've often thought about human cannonballs, maybe because... Like, if I see them in a movie or see them in a commercial or something like that, mm-hmm. I've always in the back of my mind thought, is that, how do they do that? Is that, like, really th- a real thing or is it, like, fake or how does it work, you know? And so this, this article kind of delves into that concept to tell you more about how that, that whole thing goes down. And it's pretty interesting, actually. It's, um, it's actually really real. It's a really real, you know, the, the article says that there's probably, you know, maybe in, in all of the, the whole history of human cannibals, mm-hmm. probably. A hundred or less people who have actually done this. I can't imagine why. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, the, the life expectancy of these people are, are very, very low. A lot of them yeah. die. Mm-hmm. Um, for, I mean, it's not, it's not much of a stretch to see why. I mean, yeah. obviously the talk, technology has gotten better over the years. But basically, anyway, the article is about this lady named um, uh, Hema Gemma Gemma. How do you say that? Hema Gemma Gemma. And she, the Jet uh, Kirby, we'll call her Mrs. Kirby. Yeah, Miss Kirby. Uh, she performs. She's a human cannonball, and mm-hmm. talks about her story. Yeah, getting involved. It's a very tight niche, you know. 
it's hard to break into. It's usually family. Like you're, you're, yeah, you, you have a daughter, and then they learn the trade. And it's because there's, it's really secretive, right? right? That the way the cannons are made are like they're all made individually by the people mm-hmm. who are going to be fired out of them, and no two cannons are alike. Mm, and so it's yeah. all, and there's like all this. That's like the biggest trade secret. It's like none of the, nobody knows what the cannons are made out of. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Kirby mm-hmm. uses a cannon built by her instructor. Mm. Like he built the whole thing himself, right? And hasn't let anybody else mess with it, right? Um, anyway, yeah. So that's one aspect of this high flying uh, <clears throat> uh, act. You probably didn't know, but mm-hmm. it's it's insane. The, yeah. the things that she t- he, she has to do to prepare, mm-hmm. sit in the can, and then get all rigid and, and then experience like seven G's as she's like propelled out of the mm-hmm. can and flying, I don't know, yeah. 120, 130, 150 feet, mm-hmm. 190 feet. Mm-hmm. It's quite a ways. Uh, yeah, I found it interesting that um, she is afraid of heights or she was afraid of heights and she ended up going to circus school when she was 16 or something like that. She graduated high school at 16 and she, instead of doing, the the, the cannon was seen as kind of dangerous so instead she did trapeze naturally right uh but anyway i thought that was really interesting because she said she was afraid of heights and you know she took on the trapeze like i'm afraid of heights and i don't i don't even want to look at a trapeze from the ground so i don't know how she did that but it just kind of tells you a little bit about her character she must be fearless and she says she said that she likes to approach her the things that she's afraid of and try to try to push herself to to overcome them so that's pretty cool um and i guess that's probably a trait that people that do this must have because i'm sure it's a frightening experience every time they get into the canada to do it but such as she's done this about 500 times and it, it's it's interesting it's a very intricate step by step process that she does and they have checks and balances to make sure that she's safe in there before they launch the thing off it's actually launched with compressed air. It's not an explosion that rockets are out of the cannon, which right. I didn't know either. I, I kind of assumed it was something else. I wasn't sure. But, um, but yeah, it's all legit and real. They had a, a short video showing how quickly she gets shot across the room. Yeah, she's wearing like a GoPro camera or something similar. Yeah. Um, so pretty intense moment right before she gets shot out. I mean, you hear the ca- the crowd count down at 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and then you know, the, the big explosion and she flies across the room, but mm-hmm. talks about how, you know, some of the, a couple of recent people, um, had, had accidents with the nets. Like they got shot too far from the net or the net collapsed on them or something. And they had very serious or possibly death, you know, yeah. in, injuries that happened to them doing this. So it's a very serious and dangerous thing. But, um, I, you know, I didn't know if they still even did this. I, the only thing I remember about circuses is going when I was a kid. Yeah, and I just assumed, man, it's a different world now. Surely they don't still do this, but apparently they do. So, circus is a weird place. Yeah, I have I, I have not uh, gone to one in twenty five years, probably. Yeah, <laughs> ever since I remember going to one when I was a real kid, but that was a different time. Like, yeah, I just assumed that most of that stuff kind of went away, but apparently they still do. They still do stuff. Jim Kirby is still doing it. It's pretty. It's a pretty awesome. I mean. It's got to be a pretty cool rush to be able to do that. Yeah. I would agree. Okay, Glenn. Well, anyway, uh, Jim McCurby, hopefully I'll get to catch her, her act at some point. I mean, looks. Pre- I mean, I'd, I would go see that. It's yeah. Cool. She lands, fireworks come off the, mm-hmm. the mat. I mean, yeah. it's, it's pretty pretty cool feat. Um, yeah. Anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, let's, let's move on to the next hack. Let's talk about something that's less life-threatening. Less well, is it less life threatening, Brian? I don't know, but the title is Bacon Wrapped Donuts. Right, Doinks, Doinks from Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Now, and this was added by who was this added by, Glenn? Steve Brown. Oh, Steve Brown. Okay, Steve Brown. I don't know if we've talked about Steve on the podcast before. I don't know if we have or not. But he has added a rash of incredible things this mm-hmm. week that has kind of taken the sight by... Uh, it's ca- it's, yeah, it's, it's captivated Whoa. the hearts and minds of the gentleman community. It has. So, Steve, well done. Welcome yep. welcome to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for contributing. Yep. You are the man. Um, but Steve has uh, posted a link from Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue. Slap Yo Daddy BBQ. Mm-hmm. Com. Slap Yo Daddy BBQ. And, uh, yes, this this is something that I would like to try. What about you, Brian? A bacon wrapped donut, a doink, maybe. if you will. Maybe okay. you know. 
Yeah, maybe, uh, maybe. I've eaten crickets before. Okay. When in, when in Rome, you know what I mean. Yeah, if if you're you're at a barbecue that I've had, I've had a chocolate covered bacon before, and I thought it was pretty disgusting. Mm, I can see that being disgusting, but this this is this proclaims that it's the opposite. Uh, he basically takes a donut, wraps it in bacon, and then does he throw it on the grill? Is that yes. what he's doing? Okay, I thought he was gonna fry it. Oh uh, no no no! Well, he's there like are, it's grilling like, the bacon. It's like any any donut okay. from a store, and right. you wrap it in bacon. It's actually mm. pretty simple, and it's a great concept. Yeah, I and guess I could see if you heated man, up the donut. It would if be... you if you think about this, that could be really really good. Yeah, it could be crispy bacon mm-hmm. with like a gooey gooey like, like melty donut oh. in the middle. Yeah, like a glazed donut. Oh man, yeah. oh man, it's a good it's a good idea. I it says that he became he had a viral viral hit with his pineapple mozzarella rings. That sounds pretty gross. Uh, since the viral popularity of my pineapple mozzarella rings on the internet. Whoa. So he points out that the viral popularity was on the internet. Um, oh, so he wraps those in bacon as well. Bacon wrapped pineapple mozzarella Okay, rings. I could see that. That actually looks... Wow, I don't know. That'd be weird. But anyway, okay, Glenn. We're focusing on the doinks right Right, right the doinks. So, so a doink is donut and oink Yeah, together. doink for the, for the bacon. And um, <sighs> it looks pretty gross to me, especially when it's not cooked. Well, yeah, but you're not eating it raw. Well, yeah. But you're going to... I mean, yeah, it does look a little odd. Uh, we have this thing on the side about... There's a, lot of, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of buzz around bacon in the last couple of years. You know what I mean? We've right. talked about this before. I mean, well-deserved. Look, I'm not trying to take anything oh, away from yeah. bacon. I'm just saying that uh, things like this, they're trying to find the weirdest ways to... I mean, we're, we're talking about the the bacon shell taco... The bacon weave, yeah. The bacon weave. Uh, what was it? A taco shell, yeah. Yeah, taco shell. That I mean, yeah. But actually, that's a that sounds pretty good. Actually, though, I don't know. So uh, this this is this is taking it as far as it can go. You you've got to push the boundaries. All right. I I, I feel that's like true. It's true. look. It's that old adage. You gotta. You know, I'm a little bit afraid of this, so maybe I should try to. You have to shoot for the what is it? You have to shoot for the moon. Because if you miss, you at least hit the stars. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's the sun. No, there's stars involved, so it's probably the moon. That makes sense. Yeah, that sounds right. Shoot for the moon, Brian. Maybe you'll hit the stars. Right. What and if- I think, I think this is a good example of that. Crispy bacon, a glazed donut on the inside. Oh, it man. is a quick breakfast on the go. You know what I mean? Get all your nutrients right there. <laughs> is that what we're calling them these days? Well, a little bit. Now tell me, Brian, um, is there gluten in this doink? I would think these are gluten free. They have to be, right? GMO free, GMO free, <laughs> pesticide free. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd be bad for you. No, uh, no trans fats. No, yeah, I'm sure there's no trans fats in there. Okay, saturated fats. Probably not. Carbs. <laughs> Car- <laughs> low, low carb. Sodium. <laughs> Be, yeah, tell me. Will my potassium level? Yeah, will it? Yeah, I. Uh, these are not good for you. No, they're not. I will tell you right now. One no. of the one of the pictures has a. He's drizzled chocolate on top yeah. of it. Some people go for. I can't do the chocolate and the bacon. I can get all on board with the bacon and the and the donut. Ugh, yeah, I don't know, man. But when you start adding chocolate to things, it's the whole thing is just the mixing of the two. I, I'm ugh, I'm weird about mixing things together. <laughs> so you could have a donut in one hand and bacon in the other, and you'd be pleased as a punch. Laura always says it's going the same place. You know, why yeah. don't you just mix it all together? No, and it's like I can't. Ah, uh, I can't do that. I can't. I don't like to mix stuff together like that. I like to have the two tastes and have them separate in their own taste universe. And not collide them together. You know, that's why I like things. It's the universe. But I don't... <laughs> apparently other people don't subscribe to my beliefs, so... Hey, you know what? It takes all kinds. It does. It does, Glenn. To make a site like Gentleman Run. Yeah. And Steve, thank you for posting this tag yep. because... Yeah, somebody out there should try to make these. Uh, you can go to podcast.gentleman.com and check out the recipe the guy put up there. Uh, we'll link over to it. And you can also go to gentleman.com. It's on the popular page. It's a... It's resonated with the gentleman community. Mm. And so, speaking of resonations, Glenn. Um, okay. Yes, speaking of uh, resonations, Trig Joe has added a tack. Trig Joe's been, uh, he's been on this on this kick lately about these certain categories of tacks that he's posting. 
they're 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 very specific. It's like he's got an RSS feed specifically for this this category of news. He gets an alert whenever, like a Google a search alert. Uh, So, so Trig Joe is um, he is partial to the. the 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 flatulent. He likes the fart jokes. The fart jokes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm guessing jokes, but these 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 links are not jokes, people. No. This is the real thing. This yep. and this one is called. Now there's a wearable for tracking your farts. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's actually a Kickstarter that Trig Joe implores us to please, please, please go fund. <laughs> go fund this. Because why not? Um, the Ronco Fartometer. Um, <laughs> It's called the CH4. The CH4. And the CH4, what it does is, the premise behind it is, you know, nobody likes flatulence. Well, some people do, but most normal people find it can be a little bit uh, troublesome in things like workplaces, relationships, family. Yes. You know, nobody wants to be that guy or girl, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. We've all got those family members. Yeah. All right? Mm Mm-hmm. Just uh, spraying and praying over there. Yeah. Um, so the, the the premise of this is that this wearable actually tracks where your um, where your 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 flatulence, uh, what what you eat, the correlation between what you eat and how much uh, you fart. Right. The the the, the correlation between the two, mm, mm-hmm. and it's very important stuff. Yeah. Science is moving forward. Right. Or maybe it's behind. I think I read about this in Popular Mechanics like twenty years ago. Sunday there's going to be a fartometer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you sure you didn't read it in like a mad magazine? <laughs> I think maybe that's it. The, the, the thing about this is like no one can tell for sure if it's a joke Yeah, or not. I know. And when you watch the video, he seems sincere, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's a joke. Maybe Kickstarter's making a joke. I don't know. I, to be honest, I haven't actually clicked through the Kickstarter. I found uh, the, kick, the Kickstarter was a little bit hard to get to. Okay. But I watched oh, the video it and it, yeah. it's got the full on like animated marketing animated marketing video where they have the little cartoon and they explain like what, what if you could track all of your flatulence what you if, know what? whatever and um it's i don't know this could be like let me is the is the date on the kickstarter like it's got six days to go and it needs 180,000 and it still needs 176,000 177,000 excuse me They've only there's only been twenty seven hundred dollars pledged, so I was trying to figure out if this was an April Fool's joke. Oh, you're trying to see when? Because it's only got six days left. That time frame seems uh, seems seems like it could be. I don't know. I, I could don't be know. wrong. I could be wrong. Rodrigo, the, the the Kickstarter founder Rodrigo Narciso. Narciso, he looks like a serious guy. I don't know, Brian. I don't know what to think about this. Is it, there's so many things going on here. Is it real? If it's real, would that really help? Would that really um, enlighten you on your? Here's what's here's what's going on here. Okay, here's the thing. Um, this is how ridiculous Kickstarter has gotten because Kickstarter has to approve this. Yeah, Kickstarter has to look at this and say, oh yeah, this is a, this is something, you know. <laughs> and uh, I I don't know if Kickstarter is just doing. Sometimes Kickstarter does stuff like this. And I'm like, I don't know if they're doing this to be serious or back at the Kickstarter offices, they read this and they think it's so funny that they're like, oh, yeah, this is approved. It's a good it's a good marketing thing for them, you know? Yeah. Because uh, people are talking about it. Anyway, Glenn, I, I don't really know. And it's not going to get funded. I don't know what the – I don't know if this guy's just doing this for a joke or what. It doesn't look real. I mean, it looks like just, a little He's plastic. just doing it for a gas, Brian. Yeah, Glenn. Yeah, he is, Glenn. Yep. Um, well, anyway, I hope that uh, I hope this guy I hope this guy continues on with his research. Maybe maybe he'll stumble onto something that will uh, help help the world get over there. Uh, you know what, Brian? This is what makes us human, though. Yeah, exactly. Right? If I eliminate everything in my diet that would make me, you know, <laughs> fart. I'd just be eating water and air, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Gee, it's going to tell me to stay away from beans. Tell me something I don't know. Yeah. I think everybody's got a pretty good idea anyway of what makes them, you know, sound off, if you know what I'm saying. Well, yeah. And there's this whole thing about the iPhone app where you're supposed to catalog everything you eat. 
and then you know whatever. <laughs> Look at my trick. catalog. Trick Joe is asking, "Hey, do you want to see my stats?" <laughs> I do. Uh, Triggy, you you send us. Uh, I don't. No, I don't want to hear it. Don't want to no. Anyway, okay, Glenn. Well, it's in the name of science. All I can say is, people love this link. It made me laugh. Thanks, Trick Joe. Appreciate you uh, posting that on the site. And we look forward to future posts about farts, which you're working on, I'm sure, right now. Yes. By the way, Brian, I mm-hmm. will say, we have been cracking open these Tasty Brews with the help of a bottle opener from our friend Beer and Friends, which we talked about last week. But Yep. Have you noticed it in your wallet, carrying it this past week? I really haven't. It, okay. It's kind of heavy duty, but I, I haven't noticed it. Uh, and I haven't really had a chance to use it. But I do... It's kind of like... Um, it's like I feel more comfortable having it with me. Yeah. You know? Like, knowing the fact that I have a bottle opener with me. It's kind of like having a Swiss Army knife or something in your pocket. <laughs> you know? It's kind of like... It's just as important. I haven't used it at all, but I know if it comes down to it, I've got a bottle opener with me. The thing about this thing is that it's cut in such a way, I feel like I'm going to break it or bend it every time I open it. Yeah. But I, it doesn't. It's not mm-hmm. going to. So, anyway. Thought I'd just uh, talk about yeah. them again. We're putting it through the paces, and so far, it's, yeah. it's been... Uh, Keeping up with yeah. uh, our usage here. So our good our good friends over at uh, Beer and Friends sent this over last week. We've been using it. We appreciate it. And you should check out their Kickstarter, which is not a joke. Uh, where they are, they're doing more of these uh, wallet carrying bottle openers, which are pretty cool. Yes. Um, okay, Glenn. Uh, let's move on to the toast for this week, Glenn. Mm. Uh, this is a guy that I mean, this guy's a legend. And uh, I happened to be browsing around the internet today, and I saw just, I just happened to see this video that Jimmy Fallon did (laughs) with Jack Black, and I want to toast Jack Black tonight because uh, this is just one of these random things that Jimmy Fallon does, and all of a sudden, there is this perfect, absolutely spot-on rendition of Extremes More Than Words. They recreate the entire scene, the entire video. Everything is painstakingly recreated. And Jack Black is perfect in it, as Gary Sharone, the singer of Extreme. <laughs> he mimics the guy perfectly, and he throws in the little Jack Black touches that make it just perfect. And it sing- he sings it awesome. Uh, so Jack Black has a great voice. He does. He does. And he uses it to great comedic effect. <laughs> yes, he does. Look, I've been a big fan of Jack Black since I saw him on Tenacious D. Uh, the TV show, yeah, the yeah. TV show, uh, which is awesome, and I've been trying to be trying to get Glenn to watch. Um, I need to, yeah, gotta find it first. Uh, Cable Guy, a movie that I own, probably primarily because of Jack Black in that movie. Mm-hmm. He really steals the show. KG's in that as well. Yes, um, but uh, but yeah, the guy's the guy's a legend, and uh, you know, he's, he's Godzilla. Yeah, you know that was a nice little role for him. Was it Godzilla? Or, no, it was King Kong. Uh, King Kong. Yeah, I knew what you were thinking. I knew King, what you were talking King about. King Kong. Peter Jackson's King Kong. Twas twas beauty he killed the beast. <laughs> anyway, Glenn, I just I saw that video today and it made me think how cool Jack Black is for doing something like that. It's obviously you know not gonna. He's probably got some movies working on and it's not doing anything for his movie or anything like that. But it was probably just something where he was like, oh, all right, yeah, I'll go do that. Well, I'm Jack Black and I'm awesome. So. Yeah. Well, he we played Elvis in Drunk History. We were talking about <laughs> Drunk History a couple weeks ago. Yes, like that the was king in like the first episode of Drunk History, yep. I think. So or yep. first ep- TV episode of it. I, so anyway, I, I'm trying to think of my favorite Jack Black character, and yeah. it's hard to to pick one. Um, of my favorites, probably Saving Silverman. Hmm. Have you not? You have not seen that movie, have you? I don't you? think so. No. Oh man, it's incredible. If I have. It's been a long time. <clears throat> Jack Black is he again steals it. Yeah, but there's some good. Some good help in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, School of Rock. School of Rock. Yeah, that was a good. I, I was, one. It's a good movie. I yeah. thought it'd be kind of cheesy, but it was. Which it was, but yeah, it's still great because it's Jack Black. Um, the, what's the one with the John Cusack where he's like the record shop guy? He really oh. that was like when his career kind of took off. High Fidelity. High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Yeah. He plays the the record store worker, and that yep. kind of propelled him. Into Stardom, Shallow Howl. Shallow Howl, of um, course. That was like his big debut. That was a weird, yeah. What a weird <laughs> thing. Uh, Jason, uh, what's his name from from uh, Seinfeld? Jason Alexander. Alexander, yeah. Mm. Um, and then, of course, there's Nacho Libre. Which Nacho Libre. You should know and love. One of my favorite movies. 
I love Nacho Libre, and it's because of Jack Black. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Jack Black, I could I could write and direct a movie and put Jack Black in it. It'd probably yeah. be awesome. I mean, the guy's great. I, I I remember you and I went and saw Jack Black and KG as Tenacious D. Yep. When they were on tour in two thousand one. Yep. Um, which was awesome. They were opening for Weezer. I didn't know who they were, and I, I went away <laughs> thinking like, this is. This is the most incredible thing I think I've ever seen. I think Tenacious D was on HBO in 1997. Okay. And that's when I saw him for the first time. And I was, like, hooked. As soon as I saw him for the first time, it was, it was like, one of those things. You know, it just... I just thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> and so, I, ever since then, I've been following Jack Black. And I saw him in, you know, The Cable Guy and all these things. And mm. So, anyway... That's neither here nor there, Glenn. Uh, Jack Black is an amazing talent. And a cheers to... You, sir. Another another beautiful rendition of a song that should probably never be brought up. That should be the last time. Been... The worst thing about that was I had that song in my head. I know. I, cannot... I was singing it. And I was like, why? Uh, I cannot get it out of my head. <laughs> oh. oh, man. Yeah. I, anyway, hopefully that'll leave my head at some point in the in the near future. But um, but anyway, so I, I got I guess I got Jack Black to thank for that. The best part, the good part, the silver line is that I'm, I'm thinking of Jack Black and his, yeah, his, his face while he's you yeah, know, his little actions. That's much better. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go back and watch the original because it's been too long. Um, and I, I bet I, I bet they painstakingly studied that and recreated it mm-hmm. based on based on my recollection of that video. I I think so too. It felt like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, speaking of memories and recollections, Glenn. Uh, it's time to talk about the, uh... Topic. topic. Um, and Glenn, it's Cinco de Mayo. Mm. Uh, the Mexican Independence Day. Or is it? Or is it? Uh, Glenn, I, I found, you know, Cinco de Mayo, I wanted to... I, I don't know where I was today, but I was reading something on the internet, and it said, like, everything you know about Cinco de Mayo is wrong. Yep. And I was like, well, I know some stuff about Cinco de Mayo. Yeah. I want to find out what I'm wrong about. And it turned out <laughs> the article did what it said on the tin. I was completely wrong about everything that I thought I knew about Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I always did think that it was the Mexican Independence Day. <clears throat> and that is not correct, as it turns out. I was incorrect about that. I mean, it kind of was, right? Like, it was for a little while. No. So what? So what did... Okay. So this back, the backstory on this, and I'm not going to get too heavy-handed with this, but basically the, the point of this article that I was reading, and, you know, who knows how accurate this, it, this... This this article is trying to distill other people's culture down into a, a short-form blog post. So who knows, you know, what... Look, I'm in the United States. I, I don't know what people in Latin America feel or you know anything like that so it's hard for me to say but according to this article the uh cinco de mayo commemorates an obscure battle the 1862 battle of puebla which is a town 80 about 80 miles outside of mexican city uh outnumbered mexican fighters were able to defeat the french army although the victory was short-lived uh less than a year later mexican troops were driven back and mexico city was ultimately captured but the significance of it was that, I guess in the 1940s and 50s and 60s, there was a lot of immigration from Mexico to the United States, and they wanted to find some kind of way to bring the two cultures together. So what they were basically saying was because of the Cinco de Mayo battle, they were at, the, the French were actually supporting the Confederate Army in the war. And right. so there was this tie-in of like the, the Mexican troops... Defeated the French army at a time where they could have made a, a difference in the Civil War. So right. America should be, you know, should yes. look on that fondly because it, it helped them, uh, the Union, defeat the Confederate army in the war. Especially Mexican-Americans. Yes, exactly. Yes. So it's supposed to bring the two cultures together in this shared nationalism um, regarding that battle. But somewhere along the way, um, this fell into the hands of, strangely enough, I, I believe the Corona Brewing Company. <laughs> and yes. they thought, what a great opportunity to sell more beer. So lots and lots and lots of beer. And so they embarked on this quest to really play up the significance of Cinco de Mayo in Mexican culture. And I grew up always assuming that it was this massive like mexican independence day holiday just like july 4th is for us or something like that but it right. turns out that that's mostly exaggerated and made up yes so um 
Well, that's a little controversial, Glenn. I would say I, I'm, I'm blown away by this. I, I feel stupid because I never did the due diligence and looked into what it actually meant in Mexican culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, whatever, man. You're going to tell me that the, the Easter bunnies are not real. In the, well, in the, in the no, next that's segment. totally real, man. Um, yeah, it's in 1989, the San Antonio-based Gambrinus Group were basically the regional reporters of Corona. Ah. And I'm guessing Modelo. Probably. Um they launched these Mexican uh, Cinco de Mayo th- themed ads, and basically, it just took off from there. Basically, mm-hmm. a Corona became synonymous with Cinco de Mayo, right? And now they sell more than more beer. Like Cinco de Mayo sells more beer than is sold for the Super Bowl or St. Patrick's Day, which is really mind-boggling. Wow! If you think. Because St. Patrick's Day is essentially a day, a holiday for drinking, right? Like. It's specifically, specifically about drinking. Yeah. So that's pretty incredible. That's um, incredible. Uh, you know what this feels like to me, Brian? What's that? This is like this is like Black Friday. Yeah. This holiday fabricated and brought on right. by marketers. Right. right. It's a great idea. How are we gonna sell more of this? How are we gonna sell more than that? Yeah. You know? It's true. You know, my favorite um, Mexican restaurant in the world. It's in Hutchinson, Kansas. Really? Yeah. It's called the Anchor Inn. And um, on their back wall, there's this this huge... I, I want to say the mural is like this big. It, it's a painted mural, and it's like Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> and it's them like facing the French forces and everything like that. Wow. And so I, I, I saw stuff like that, you know? And I'd be like, oh, so this must be like a really big deal. But... Then now that I'm reading this article, I'm thinking in the context of if you're a restaurant owner, heck yeah, you want to play up the idea of Mex- you know Cinco de yeah. Mayo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I don't want to. I mean, maybe they do really because they are you know uh, people that are you know, have come from Mexico and they live in America now. Maybe they do. Maybe maybe that does have more of a significance for people that have come to the United States from Mexico. I don't know. Like, right. but I'm just saying, if I was a restaurateur and we know that. This is pretty smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I imagine this place around Cinco de Mayo does a lot of business. Oh, I would I would say so. Anyway. I, I think another thing, too, to think about, and this article brings it up as well, is that there's, like, it's super, like today, like right now, if you think about the weather that we had today, it was beautiful. Yeah. You know, springtime. Spring, spring is just getting to full bloom. Yeah. It's like the perfect time for some event or some mm-hmm. holiday to celebrate right. outside. Mm-hmm. So you got that going for you. And it's yep. like not quite Memorial Day. You know, people right. need something between Easter or, you know, absolutely <laughs> March Madness or whatever you celebrate. Man, up until that's the thing. People, that, and the thing about this is people are so desperate to find a reason to go crack some beers and hang out and have a good time that they'll believe anything. Yes. So maybe we should create like guilty. A, yeah, <laughs> maybe we should create like a gentleman, yes. you know, holiday thing, like mm. you know, like a certain day of the year, September sometime. September, that's a good idea. Fall, still warm, still warm. Mm-hmm. Gentleman Toberfest, gentleman Toberfest, uh, bra- brass, brassuary, <laughs> brassuary. <laughs> yeah, Br- Brisk-mas. 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 Um Brisk giving, brisk giving. Uh, for those who don't know, the, the the parent company that owns Gentleman, i.e., Brian and I, <laughs> me and Glenn, the, well, yeah, the, the the mega conglomerate, yeah, that it's owns a conglomerate. Uh, you know, yeah, we won't bore you with the details, but Brian and I own it. Yeah, uh, it's called Brisky Business. Brisky Business. So yeah, we're always making jokes about uh, attaching briskets and gravy, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, so. Yeah, we should start a holiday. I mean, think about think about St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. It's really like the thaw of winter is just over. Yeah, you know, you can actually go outside and there might be sunshine. And you look let's forward to some, it. Yeah, you know let's crack I mean? some brews. Like, yeah, there's a parade. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the same kind of deal. We could make it a Lawrence thing. You know, just like all about Lawrence, and you know, it's like St. Like St. Patrick's Day. It's got the like Lawrence. Irish thing, you yeah. know, whatever. And I don't know. I think we could get some backing around here on this. I think so too. I'm 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 taking over some some serious civic duties these days, so maybe maybe I can maybe I can put put this in my back pocket and make something happen. That's a good dovetail in our next uh That's true, Glenn. Segment, Brian. Uh yes. Speaking of civic duties. Speaking of civic duties, Glenn. Okay, Glenn. Well uh, now it's time for the questions from the gentleman mailbag, Glenn. And I'm going to usurp the questions from the gentleman mailbag this week. 
Because I want to tell everybody out there a story. <laughs> um, as everybody knows, uh, Glenn and I have been, ever since the start of the podcast, I want to say since day one, but I'm probably making that up. But ever since day one, probably. we have been ardent supporters of the U.S. Postal Service. Now, we're not getting paid by the U.S. Postal Service to to play them up. It's just something that we felt like needed to happen. Look, the U.S. Postal Service, everybody knows they're having a little bit of a hard time. Uh, so, hey, what can we do as co-founders of Gentlemen doing a podcast to help? That's what exactly. we said. We sat down and said, what can we do to help? It was like, well, we'll just promote them on our podcast. That'll probably fix it for them. Enough said. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, once, we went a long way. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, we brought them back to the public eye. It's like it's like you know Johnny Cash or something. Given their, you know, given their it's like Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. Exactly. Saying. Right. Yeah. You know, as we're soon gonna as, go to the prison. We're gonna go to the yeah. post office and record. Yeah. Exactly. So as soon as we have to do the podcast from the <laughs> Lawrence. Anyway, Glenn. The point is, we've been we've been supporters of the post office for a long time, and. Mm. A couple weeks ago, the post office did me wrong, Glenn. Mm. Did me terribly wrong. This is... I, I Look, it's hard for me to talk about because I'm, I'm very upset about this. But here's what happened, okay? I um, I moved into a house mm-hmm. uh, in the like, about 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. And shortly thereafter, we got this little card in the mailbox from our postal delivery person. And in handwriting, it said... You will since you just bought this house. You will now have to move your post your your mailbox from the, your doorstep to the curb because you know it's supposed to be at the curb. And you guys just bought the house and whatever. So I looked at the little handwritten card. And Laura told me about it, and I just kind of ignored it. I was like, okay, that's really weird. I never heard anything about this, you know. So I just ignored it. Well, Laura bumps into the postal worker the next week. She said, "Yeah, you you guys need to you guys need to build. We need to move this." this thing needs to go to the curb that's like the regulations and you guys need to do this and you need to do it like really soon or you're going to get a letter from the post office about it blah 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 and so Laura told me about it again and I was like this is really weird uh, this just, just doesn't seem right it doesn't seem right so we just ignored it mm-hmm. well last week we got an official letter from the US Postal Service refusing to deliver our mail for the foreseeable future because we haven't installed this curbside mailbox mm. And, uh, again, I'm looking at this letter, and it seems to be worded quite oddly. But it is from the – it is from the – it's on official U.S. Postal Service letterhead, oh. and it's from the delivery supervisor. Seems like everything's on the up and up. Right. Okay. Except I went over to the internet, and I started looking around on the internet about this. Uh, and I quickly became, uh, like, obsessed with with getting the answer to this truth. And it turns out... Mad Dog McKinney. Yeah, it turns out that they actually have no right to force me to move my mailbox to the curb. Mm. And uh, they've been Uh misleading the people of Lawrence, Kansas about this uh, for I don't know how long. I went down to the post office, I talked to somebody about it, and she said, as long as I've been here... And that lady seemed like she'd been there a long time. She said, as long as I've been here, this has been the policy. Uh, and but it turns out from based on my research, there are several news articles out there that say that letters like this have been sent out here and there, and the postal service has gone on public record and said, no, 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 we're very sorry that we can't do that. We can't make you move your your mailbox. Um, and then I actually went to the point where I looked up the U.S. Postal Service's procedural manual and found the exact packet passage where they specifically say you can't ever force somebody to move their mailbox to the curb. So anyway... I'm sure there's some kind of guideline. Like, you have to have your mailbox in a place that's, you know, not in briars exactly. and, like... Yeah, you know. it says that it's got to be accessible. But it says that if if a mode of delivery has been established, it cannot be changed arbitrarily. You need permission from the owner of the property to do that. Oh, so they weren't getting your permission. They were telling you, right? Exactly. Now, oh. so anyway, Glenn, I'm, I'm knee-deep in a fisticuffs with the local postal office over this deal. I, I've written the consumer, uh, consumer complaints division of the U.S. Postal Service in the Midwest area. Mm. I've gone several times to talk to this guy in person, uh, which they, he hasn't come out to meet me yet. Uh, so, oh, he's at a different branch, isn't he? Well, yeah, they haven't been able to produce the guy that, that wrote this letter. So anyway, I'm knee-deep in the middle of this, but I wanted to say this just in case anybody out there happens to be buying a house. And they get a letter like this that says, now you need to move your 
mailbox to the curb. You don't have to do a damn thing. They are just uh, overstepping their bounds. So anyway, Glenn, I'm 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 standing on the mountaintop and I'm shouting it loud and clear. Don't take any guff from the post office because they're full of it. Look, this is like this is like. Uh, look, you love your family, right? You love your big brother. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But if your big brother tries to push you around, right. You got to stand up for yourself. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. We still love the postal service. We've still done do. us right. It's an American institution, and right? this is just the Lawrence. This is well. It's not even that. This is one. What incident? Oh, I'm sorry. This is not one lady. This is one mail carrier mm-hmm. who wants you to make it more convenient for right their job and the supervisor that's enabling this behavior. Right. So this is just two people in a massive organization that has really. I mean, you know. We still, st- we 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 still love them. Yeah, we don't like them right now. Well, you know what I mean. I'm hoping to get some resolution to this. Mm. Um, I want an official letter that apologizes to me for their behavior. But um, <laughs> that's what I'm working on. You know, I, I look. This is the first time I've owned a house, and I feel it's my duty to something like this happens. And mm. I know this is happening in Lawrence. I'm going to put a stop to it. And when that lady said. She said, she said to me, that's been the policy since I've been here. I looked her right in the eye and I said, that policy is going to change. That's right. And I meant it. And I'm not turning back until that happens, Glenn. Is it, is it not fitting, Brian, that on the day that we are celebrating a, a battle mm-hmm. fought by underdogs? That's right. Overtaking some French... Imperialistic... Cheese-eating surrender monkeys? That's right. All right? Yeah. Is it not is it not fitting that you you would also be taking a stand with That's right. What you deem is right. That's right, Glenn. And that's not bullying. That's right. That's not misleading people. That's not lying to them. You know, one of the articles said it best, Glenn, the people are supposed to be our customers. Mm. They're supposed to be our, our that's who we, we're supposed to, they're they're our customers. We should care about that. And I'm pretty sure you and I pay their salaries, am I correct? I believe we are, yes. So, I mean, I'm not saying we got to tell them how to run do their job. Nope. But they can't tell us what to do to. on my property, right? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Glenn, I, I'm gonna I'll, next week. I'll update. Okay, I'll, I'll give an update. I'm all hoping right. by the next time we do this podcast, everything will be all settled. We'll we'll be able to do a gentleman mailbag. That's right, and uh, we'll be excited about talking about the postal service again. Like, yep. I don't want to put too much pressure on them. I'm sure the postmaster general is going to be listening to this podcast, and they're going to freak. Oh, I mean, every week he's probably sitting in his office like. Listen to the podcast, like man, these guys—they're really behind us. Yeah. And then he's going to hear this, and pfft, big time. I'm listening to my two number one. Go- oh, oh no! <laughs> What's going on in the Lawrence? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get Lawrence on the horn. I don't know. What okay, Glenn. Yeah. Well, uh, I didn't mean to go on a rant. I'm obviously very passionate about this. Your civic duty. It is my civic duty. I had that same letter when I was, you know, a, a young whippersnapper. That's what I'm talking about. It's been I, going on for years. Renting. I was renting a house. I was 22. Mm-hmm. And the lady, we just moved in. The lady said, oh, yeah. You got your mailbox right on your house. Yep. Got to move it to the street. Right. That's policy. Yeah. And we're like, oh, well, I guess we got to. Yeah. Well, 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 because we don't own this house. And right. She was like, well, okay, I'm holding your mail. Mm-hmm. So. Look, Glenn, I don't know, but I'm going to get that policy changed. For, for Lawrence, for this town, for everybody here, and everybody out there, don't get pushed around by your post office. Push back. Push back. That's what I'm saying. All right. Civic duty. That's right. Check. Yep. Done. Done and dusted. Corona. Corona. Done and dusted. Done and dusted. <laughs> <laughs> probably shouldn't dust anymore. No. No, probably not. Um, <clears throat> That's okay. all right. Yeah. Well, that was the Cinco de Mayo episode. That was. That was a good episode. I'm glad that we established that Cinco de Mayo is not the Mexican Independence Day celebration because I would have gone on for years thinking that. Hey, you and everybody else. I mean, let's just call it what it is. Cinco de Drinco. That's right. All right? Right. Which I'm fine with. That's what they should call it. Cinco de Drinco. call it what it is. Cinco de Brisco. (laughs) That's right. Okay, Glenn. Well, that was episode 58. Five eight. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to episode fifty-nine. Oh, I am too. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Uh, there's not gonna not gonna be any Cinco de Mayo to celebrate, but we'll be working on the gentleman holiday. So, <laughs> right, you can be looking forward to that in September. September. Yeah, maybe. Time. Yeah, 
Probably. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll have to get, get into the labs and think about it. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Good night. Viva la revolucion! <laughs> <laughs>